The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com, and if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, for a limited time, receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. 15. The Tigers kick the week off with a new look, and a top rookie from 2019 gets sent back down. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, August 18th. I'm Al Melkier. I'm here with Michael Beller. And, you know, we've been waiting, Michael. We've been waiting for the Tigers to call up their prospects, and they just opened up the floodgates and brought them all up at the same time. I mean, not exactly. No Matt Manning. Uh, you know, not not uh, some of the players that we've been looking forward to, but we got three of them, three of their best prospects. Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, and Isaac Paredes all getting called up. And uh, Paredes was in the Tigers lineup on Monday night against the White Sox. He got a big hit, too, a two-RBI single. Um, so off to a good start there. And then we've got debuts slated for uh, Tariq Skubal on Tuesday and Casey Mize on Wednesday. So uh, a, a new look lineup uh, for the Tigers right away. Uh, let's start with Isaac Paredes. Um, do you anticipate that he'll be in the lineup daily? And, um, you know, based on that, where do you think people should be trying to pick him up? Yeah, you know, we can only um, make assumptions, I suppose, at this point. We can't just uh, suppose that we know what's going to be in the head of every single manager across the league. But I have been operating under the assumption that if teams are going to bring guys like this up this season, they're doing it so they can play. You want your big prospects. You want your guys who you're going to be counting on in the future to be getting plenty of reps this season. And in a weird way, it maybe almost works out in their favor in terms of getting playing time this season the way this year has gone. If you could have someone like Paredes playing at AAA every single day, maybe the Tigers would be okay with that for this season. But you can't just have him sitting at your satellite camp and missing effectively an entire year of baseball development. So I do think that we should maybe not every day assume that he's going to be in there, but enough to the point where he ends up being someone who is on our fantasy radar the rest of the season. Uh, I think that the upside this season can be immediate uh, after what he has done uh, in his professional career. To this point, no time at the uh, AAA level, but at the AA level in uh, about uh, 166 games, hit 291 with the 376 OBP, good bat-to-ball skills, good on-base skills. I think there's something here, and I do think that he's going to be out there for the Tigers basically every day. Yeah, well, and I think that's a good point that uh, he's got the good bat-to-ball skills, good uh, good batting eye. And so he's probably going to be a little bit more valuable in some formats than others, points, leagues, um, you know, anything that rewards uh, walks 
or strikeout rate for that matter. Um, but yeah, the playing time could be an issue there. It, it was a really interesting lineup. Uh, for one thing, we saw Jacoby Jones going from the bottom of the Tigers lineup to the top. Uh, that was an interesting move. Willie Castro still in there despite Paredes playing at third base, Castro playing at shortstop. But we should point out that Nico Goodrum was out with the tight back. So uh, when Goodrum is healthy, there could be uh, an actual roster squeeze there. Uh, and also they were facing the lefty Gio Gonzalez. So we'll have to you know, track this over the next few games against lefties and righties. Goodrum, no Goodrum, and see how that all shakes out for the Tigers. Uh, let's get to uh, the starting pitchers called up and and really a lot more anticipation. Actually, I felt a little bad for Isaac Paredes, uh, Michael, because all the <laughs> all the tweets, all the headlines today yeah, were, you know, Mize and Scoob will get called up. It's like, you know, yeah. Paredes is good, too. <laughs> He's like an, he was an other, right? Yeah. yeah. Tigers, Tigers call up. My Scooble other top prospect. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if he was mentioned at all. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so let's get to the two that uh, people are really excited about. Uh, Scooble starting on Tuesday, Mize on Wednesday. Uh, a number of analysts rightly pointed out that Scooble has the, the greater strikeout potential. But I also uh, saw a report that he may uh, they may take some time stretching him out. So I'm thinking initially Mize might actually be the more valuable uh, player for fantasy. Uh, do you see it that way as well? Or do you think that Scoobles, uh strikeout ceiling just uh, just trumps everything? I still lean towards Scooble just because of exactly what you said, the strikeout ceiling. I think what the fact that they need more time to stretch him out than Mize does is basically make them even. If uh, I'm sitting in a league, you know, this happens on Monday, right? So a lot of uh, all the waivers have already processed. So if I'm now sitting in a league where I'm waiting to get these guys on next Sunday, I am going to have them at the exact same bid level. I'm going to put in the same bid amount on both of them and hope that I get one of them. You probably hear some crazy uh, skittering going around. That's my dog. My dog is pumped about these two Tigers (laughs) getting up to the majors. He is so excited. He came running in the room because he wanted to hear what I had to say about Casey Mize and Tariq Skubal. I think you put the same amount on both of these guys just because of how much of a difference maker they both could be even with the fact that Scooble maybe is only going to get, you know, uh, have an innings cap his first couple of starts or a pitch limit, I feel like because of the strikeout ceiling, I prefer him ever so slightly. But I want one, if not both, on my team the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, do you think that they're both startable in 12-team leagues right away? Because I will say I, I was stashing Mize in a 12-teamer and uh, in a 15-teamer. And I actually just decided to, to let him sit and, and see how he performs against the White Sox uh, before before trusting him in either of those formats. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, this is a good White Sox lineup. There's some swing and miss to this White Sox lineup, and that's always going to be the case. But a lot of pop in this lineup too. Matthew Boyd learned that right off the bat, <laughs> and I know he eventually you know righted the ship to a certain degree, but. Boom, boom, Tim Anderson and Yohan Moncada greet him with back-to-back homers to start the game. So I think that's okay, but I don't think you're going to want to play that waiting game too long. I think maybe this first start, it's his first start. White Sox lineup that's got a lot of power. But after that, I think it's all systems go in any format where you've got them. Yeah, well, we don't want to play the waiting game too long because before we know it, we're going to be halfway through the season. And, and that's yes, not exactly. that's no exaggeration <laughs> at all. Uh, so we'll be, before we move on to some non-Tigers news, uh, since you brought up Matt Boyd, uh, another 
mixed start for him. I mean, overall for fantasy purposes, uh, I, I suppose not, uh, not what you want to see with him giving up three home runs, including the back-to-back ones to start off the game. But he, he brought the strikeouts, uh, which actually he's been a little bit shyer on so far this year. Um, but, you know, only lasting four innings, but nine strikeouts uh, to, to counterbalance uh, the three runs, again, all on solo homers. So uh, d- does this give you hope for Matt Boyd? Or do you go to the other extreme and say, you know, he's droppable at this point or, or something in between? Can I, I'm going to say something in between, actually. It doesn't give me hope. I mean, the bottom line is he gave up three more homers and the nine strikeouts are excellent, but he still gave up three homers. Uh, there's very few uh, worlds in which you would say that a three-homer start is okay, and it would have to be one in which that pitcher has pitched well to that point of the season. And, you know, not every pitcher is going to have his A-plus stuff every single time he takes the mound. But even with the nine strikeouts and four innings, you can't say that the stuff was totally there for Matt Boyd, and it's just been too much up and down, too much inconsistency, going back to the second half of last season, that it makes you start to worry is he going to be someone who ever gets it in a long-term way, or is it just going to be someone who always seems to come up short of what the stuff would suggest he can be more now than ever at any point over the last two years? I would say, unfortunately, it's feeling like the latter. Yeah, yeah, and I would have to agree with that. And we're not going to venture too far now. We'll stay in the AL Central uh, with uh, some news that was... I guess a little shocking, although maybe it shouldn't have been uh, early on Monday with uh, Cleveland optioning Oscar Mercado to the alternate site. Uh, Just a rough uh, season so far for Mercado. Not a single uh, extra base hit, striking out a lot more often, really taking a more patient approach that just wasn't paying off, missing a lot of pitches that were in the strike zone. Um, So he's back down in the alternate site. Delano DeShields is slated to replace him in center field. So uh, where, where can we drop Mercado at this point? Are there mixed leagues where we need to, uh, to stash him? I don't think so. I think he's droppable everywhere. I had him in a 14-teamer where I like rage-dropped him on Friday, I think it was, when he was out of the lineup yet again, and I just couldn't take it anymore. And I picked up Dom Smith, and Dom Smith had a homer that game, which was excellent. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I dropped him there. I had him in a 15-teamer where I will be cutting him this coming week. I was holding him, even though he wasn't playing a ton. But now that he uh, is sent down to the alternate camp, I'll feel comfortable letting him go. At this point, who knows when he comes back, who knows in what role he comes back, when he does come back, and who knows how he plays in that role. Too many unknowns. I'll be in. I'm sure I'll be making a full-throated case for Oscar Mercado sometime in February 2021, but until then, I'm going to get off the Mercado train for the next couple of months. All right. And then uh, the other side of that uh, with DeShields playing center field, it's the usual dilemma that we face when Mm -hmm. DeShields gets a bump in playing time that uh, he'll provide steals, probably not a whole lot else. Uh, And and I have to say that dilemma is a little less strong for me uh, in, in a short season. Because, you know, you figure if this was a regular season and you're thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe he'll get me 20 stolen bases. But, you know, if, if it's if he's not stealing as much, it's still double digits. Now you're looking at maybe he gets you five stolen bases rest of season, but that five could easily be maybe two or three. So is it worth the trouble? I don't think so. And what you hinted at, but didn't, you know, fully express there is that that five or that three or hey, even that six or seven could come with a, you know, 180, 270, 265 slash line. So I just don't think it's worth the trouble. And, 
And they still have a decent amount of outfielders there in Cleveland. Bradley Zimmer was getting plenty of run in center field. Jordan Luplo is getting his playing time. So I don't think it's suddenly going to be DeShields out there every single day either. So not worth the trouble for me. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I was kind of hinting. I felt that way as well. Glad to get validated on that. Uh, and bad news out of San Diego. Tommy Pham has a broken hammock, broken hammock bone. He will be out for at least four weeks, four to six weeks is the timetable that was reported for him. Josh Naylor brought up, um, I'd say the most likely replacement is probably a Naylor, uh, Edward Alvarez platoon, which doesn't really help either player all that much. Um, right. What what's the appeal? Uh, let, let's uh, at least focus on Naylor, who, if it is a platoon, would certainly get the bigger part of it. Yeah, NL only still for me is the, really the only place where he's going to have any sort of value. And even there, I would say it's only because of the, because excuse me of the severity of the injury to Tommy Pham. If this were a situation where Pham were expected to miss the minimum, I wouldn't really be all that excited about Naylor. So that should tell you where Naylor stands coming into this. But the fact that Fam's going to be out as long as he is, and that Naylor should be on the longer end of the platoon. At least, at least gives him a little bit of runway to get something going and get uh, his fair share of plate appearances over the next three, four weeks here. So I think there's some NL value to him. He would have to hit very well in that stretch to get mixed league value. Yeah, and uh, Fam, of course, if you do the math, the uh, possibility that he's out for the season, although could mm-hmm. maybe play the last couple of weeks, uh, but definitely comes into play as uh, somebody to drop if you need the IL spot for somebody else. And now just a few uh, quick updates on some players uh, that we talked about on Monday's show um, who've been injured. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr., of course, placed on the IL. Uh, no timetable yet for his return from a wrist injury. DJ LeMahieu, we do have a timetable for him and his thumb injury. Two to three weeks for him. And Jordan Alvarez, uh, I suppose some good news for him. He had an MRI on his right knee, came back negative, and so he's day-to-day. Uh, hopefully we see Alvarez back in the Astros lineup at some point this week. And uh, Cardinals and Cubs played the the first of their two doubleheaders on Monday. Uh, big doubleheader for uh, for Millers, Andrew and Brad. Uh, Andrew got his second <laughs> yep. save in, th- in three games. And I should say, by the way, as we're, we're doing this, the, the second game of the doubleheader is not completed. So maybe there's a chance there for Miller to pick up another save. Uh, but already now two saves for Andrew Miller, uh, Brad Miller, uh, with a couple of homers in that second game uh, as we are uh, taping this. So uh, as far as Andrew Miller goes, uh, do you think that um, – he's ripe for uh for just about any fantasy league at this point or do you think that uh, we need to you know play this out a little bit more and and see if uh you know Giovanni Gallegos uh or you know any of the other relievers there come into the saves picture I think both guys are worth owning, both uh, Gallegos and Andrew Miller. The fact that Andrew Miller is getting saves uh, definitely makes you feel, I think, a little bit better about him. This is now a couple of times where Mike Schilt has turned to Andrew Miller uh, in that save spot. But at the same time, Giovanni Gallegos came into game one in the sixth inning. And remember, doubleheader, so the second to last inning, he came in. It's a 3-1 lead, and he was tasked with facing Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras, and Ian Happ. So a very high leverage situation where Mike Schilt trusted Giovanni Gallegos. He struck out Baez. He got Contreras to strike out, or to ground out, excuse me. And then he struck out Ian Happ. So he performed in that spot as well. I, I think if you need the saves... 
that you have to lean toward Andrew Miller just with the way that Schilt has used these two. But I think both guys have value, and I still got to believe that Gallegos is going to factor into safe situations, maybe not uh, take the rollover completely from Miller, but get you know maybe one opportunity to every one of Miller's two, something along those lines. Yeah, and that's a really good point, too, in terms of the the usage pattern because uh, Miller did face some tough hitters when he got the save against the White Sox on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, hit the uh, lesser part, the bottom part of the uh, Cubs order uh, in getting the save. So still could very much be up for grabs there uh, in terms of saves for the Cardinals. And uh, our featured read is uh, from Gene McCaffrey. Stockwatch Miguel Cabrera's hidden upside and taking a shot on Andre Scrub. So yes, Gene wants you to pick a scrub up. Uh, but <laughs> I thought there was an interesting note there, and you know, read the whole thing. There's there's a lot of interesting stuff there in terms of players doing real well, really well with Statcast. But he recommends that we sit Tyler Glass now. Now he's uh, slated to face the Yankees on Wednesday. Rays did not play on Monday, so if you've got a rolling lineup lock, you can still make a decision uh, on, on Tyler Glass now. Uh, so check that out on The Athletic. And that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we always do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier. We will return right here on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.